From the Cairo Radio Newsroom in Seattle, I'm Dave Ross, and these are the Ross Files. As you may have heard, there's a brand new antitrust case opening up against Google. There are antitrust cases against Facebook, against uh, Apple, against Amazon. So I thought we'd bring in an antitrust expert, Professor John Kirkwood at the Seattle University School of Law. And antitrust, we're, we're familiar with the various privacy investigations, but antitrust is what was done to the old AT&T, right? The, the idea would be to break them up, right? Right. That was a settlement of a case, but it resulted in the breakup of AT&T, separating its uh, long-line division from its local services. Correct. Yes. And now a thousand flowers have bloomed, and we have more opportunities to call each other than ever. But AT&T was, I mean, that was a classic uh, monopoly. There's only one phone company for a long time. I, I know most people don't remember that these days. Whereas Google, I mean, it is big. But there are other search engines, right? Yes, there are other search engines. Uh, it, it is the leading search engine, probably the dominant search engine, but it's not clear, as your question suggests, it's not clear that they have monopoly power. So how strong is the case against Google and what could be the outcome? Okay, well, let's let's back up and talk about the principal allegation against Google. That allegation is that Google biases its search results. So when someone searches for restaurants or um, a particular shopping item, Google puts its own service first, Mm -hmm. the claim is, as opposed to independent services like Yelp or other price shopping or price shopping services. The FTC looked at this very allegation a few years ago and concluded there was not a case to be made. Mm -hmm. They settled for a voluntary letter in which Google promised to make small changes, but it wasn't an order and it wasn't, there was no fine involved. So the FTC basically concluded there was no case. In contrast, the European Union fined Google several billion dollars for biasing its search results. Uh, but the law is more liberal, more progressive, and or more relaxed in the European Union. So in uh, the United States, as your question suggests, the government would have to show uh, that this bias led to monopoly power, and that's harder. Why should a private company take orders from the government on how to arrange its search results? I mean, if they... If- they want to put up a service. It's called advertising, right? If if they have uh, th- that's what TV stations do. You pay and you get represented on a on a show. Uh, that's that's all true. Uh, the issue is whether Google has taken steps that, without justification, favor its own products. Hmm. If it did that, and that led to monopoly power. And there was a remedy, all those hurdles. But if all those hurdles could be met, then it would make out an antitrust violation. So imagine, to make this clear to your listeners, imagine that Google arranged its search results. It put in a specific term that said, whenever Google has a service, that comes first. Yeah. So you could strike that. You could say, that's anti-competitive. The problem is Google doesn't do that. Yeah. Google has an algorithm that sometimes produces results where its services come first. 
And to say that's biased is 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 harder to say. I think of Comcast, which owns cable companies and also owns NBC and right. produces a lot of programming. If Comcast decides they want to give their programming precedence on their cable service, aren't they free to do that? Yes, that's that's an area of antitrust law that gives more flexibility to to firms. Yes, they can they can uh, give priority to their services. I mean, you could um, accuse Google the, of being uh, of being dishonest by purporting to be an objective search engine and then giving priority to its its own captive companies or services, but um that's isn't that part of buyer beware? Well, it could be, but 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 I think the argument on the other side a difficult argument to be sure but the argument on the other side is if you could show clear bias and a simple remedy and monopoly power mm-hmm. there's a reason for the government to intervene so do you ever think this goes too far that it, you end up punishing success with prosecutions like this that's that's always a concern when you're bringing a monopolization case and and the law is clear that success alone does not make out an antitrust violation. So what you're looking for and what we keep coming back to is whether Google did something that wasn't just a service that pleased consumers, but was a service designed to enhance its product over rivals and there was no pro-consumer benefit. Do you think any of these cases are going to succeed? Ah, that's that's the that's the big question these days. It's not clear that any will. Uh, they're all they're all they all face a variety of obstacles. After all, no one no the government hasn't brought any case against the big high tech firms, even though they've been big for a number of years. Perhaps the case that has the greatest prospects for success is a case against Facebook. Facebook. Because Facebook, a few years ago, acquired two smaller, distinct services, WhatsApp and Instagram. And people say that if those services had not been acquired, they would have grown into a full-scale competitor. Yeah, That's difficult to show. I talked to a high FTC official who was not at all certain they could show that, but the FTC is looking into that. Yeah. On uh, Apple, the complaint I hear most often is the complete control they have over every aspect of the device, including who can fix it. Mm-hmm. And um, and there are questions whether – now, is that legal? I mean, get, because the way Apple tends to run things, I know it's their their grip isn't 100%. But there are some parts that only they are allowed to fix, apparently. Mm-hmm. Well, you're asking the right question. That's called a closed system as opposed to an open system when anyone can uh, provide an app or provide repair. Apple has a closed system. And that's not illegal if it doesn't result in a monopoly or if it's justified. If mm-hmm. And that, that's Apple's contention when... Spotify complained that Apple briefly shut it out. Apple said, no, we had to do that because you weren't following the requirements we laid down for participation in our app store, and those requirements are justified. Yeah, you can argue that's what makes Apple devices so attractive is because 
They rarely crash. Everything works. Uh, you're not normally being hacked by a rogue service, and uh, and users appreciate that. Yeah, right. So that these controls are designed to keep the quality high. So exactly right. In terms of um, of what it takes to encourage innovation, I think it's pretty clear now in hindsight that breaking up AT&T was a great idea because otherwise we might still be talking on wired phones mm-hmm. and there wouldn't be Skype or anything else. Um, but in the, um, for example, the Microsoft monopoly case, it turned out that um, everybody thought Microsoft had no competitors and it turned out they had a lot of competitors. It was just a matter of giving the competition time to develop. So where are we, where do we sit now in the uh, arc of antitrust cases? Well, right now we're sitting at an important juncture Antitrust generally, not with respect to high tech, but antitrust generally has been too weak for a number of years. They've allowed mergers that have resulted in higher prices. So it's pretty clear that we need to strengthen antitrust enforcement generally. We're also at a juncture where we have these giant firms, and the question is how to deal with them. Uh, An actual traditional antitrust case against them appears challenging for the reasons we've already discussed. And then the question is, well, should we move beyond existing antitrust law and enact new legislation of the kind that Senator Warren has proposed that would require them to separate their own products from their platform? Hmm. And that's highly controversial. You can see downsides to that. So that's where we are. A lot of the people listening, of course, work for Apple and Facebook. And Google, mm-hmm. and of course uh, Amazon, right here in town. If there were some kind of breakup of any of these companies, what happens to their jobs? Well, I think it's it, it's important for them and for all of us to realize that no one is thinking of breaking up any of these firms into uh, two or more versions of themselves. They're not thinking of splitting Amazon into two online searches. Mm-hmm. What? people are proposing is the separation of products Amazon makes from its platform or products that Google offers. And so separating them, that's difficult to justify. But if it happens in the short run, everyone will keep their jobs. We'll just spin them off as independent companies Mm -hmm. and they could succeed. Oh, well, then no problem. (laughs) Well, (laughs) the problem is whether by forcing even this limited breakup, you deprive consumers of benefits in the short run. For example, if Amazon can't sell Amazon Basics, that has to be spun off into a separate company. Is that separate company going to be as good as Amazon? Yeah. Well, I mean... AT&T warned us that by golly, you break us up, then, you know, nobody's phone will be compatible with anybody else's phone. And that that was certainly the case for a while. But but now, I mean, we got too much communication, if anything, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So that one worked. Yeah. But you're not sure about these others? Not sure, but they might work. It, they're, they're principled. So the Warren proposal is a principled proposal. Yeah. It has drawbacks, but, it's a, but it may work. Professor John Kirkwood. Seattle University School of Law, antitrust expert. Professor, thank you. You're welcome. Remember that when there's a longer version of the interviews on Seattle's Morning News, you can usually find it right here in the original form. 
unconstrained by the limitations of a live broadcast. And you can subscribe so that when someone says, did you hear what was on Seattle's Morning News? You can say, not only that, I heard the part that wasn't on Seattle's Morning News. So my advice is to subscribe. And then when we talk to an author, a politician, an entrepreneur, an artist, a scientist, a teacher, a journalist, a celebrity, you'll hear every word. I'm Dave Ross. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you.